Now we are going to continue in on our sermon series in Romans. I'm having a lot of fun. I love the book of Romans. I've avoided doing a sermon series in Romans. It's been about five years because it is a really, really big book. But um, this morning, as we look at uh, Romans 8, um, who here has Disney Plus? Anyone watch Disney Plus or anything like that? You know, oh, I, I do. Even though my kids are older, I kind of love Disney, so we have it. But um, on there, there is this show called kind of the making of uh, Frozen. Now, Frozen's a pretty popular movie. If you have younger kids, you would know it. Even if you don't, um, you just let it go. <laughs> uh, anyways, um, <laughs> thanks, guys. <laughs> but uh, it, it's the making of or the behind the scenes of this movie. And it's fascinating. Uh, that's the kind of stuff I like. Uh, I'm the type of person that reads manuals because I don't know why. Uh, but anyways, the behind the scenes is so fascinating to see what goes on that we don't see. Um, from the decisions that are made. Someone could spend months working on a 20-second part of this animated movie, and it can be cut in seconds. And you watch the decisions being made and who, who fights for scenes to stay in and what goes out and the orchestra and all the detail that goes into making, essentially, a, a cartoon, right? And you're like, what? And we only see kind of this hour and 20 minutes, or I don't know how long the movie is. I'm making it up. But we only see the finished product, but we miss what's going on behind the scenes. And so uh, um, in, in that theme this morning, as we go through Romans 8, we're going to get a little peek behind the curtain uh, of what uh, um, God is working through and doing uh, while we are actually doing life. And so uh, for a lot of it, we kind of just see what we see, right? We, this is it, life, the things that are in front of us, but God is working and how that looks like. And so this morning, we're going to start in Romans 8, but we're going to jump, that last week we covered the first half, but now we're going to jump to verse 18, 18 to 22. Yet what we suffer now is nothing compared to the glory he will reveal to us later. For all creation is waiting eagerly for the future day when God will reveal who his children really are. Against its will, all creation was subjected to God's curse, but with, eager, but with eager hope, the creation looks forward to the day when it will join God's children in glorious freedom from death and decay. For we know that all creation has been groaning as in the pains of childbirth right up to the present time. Awesome. I, I bought this Bible like 10 years ago, and I'm realizing the lettering is really small now, and that means I'm getting older. Oh my gosh. <laughs> All right, I'm having a moment. Anyways, okay. As we uh, read through just that, that first part, I, I wanted to pause there to, to give us a little insight and understanding. And I think a lot of us knows this, but, but we live in and we are living in a broken world. This world is broken. And in this broken world, we have other things that are broken. We have people who are broken, and, and free will, and, 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 and sometimes that free will leads to, and our own choices leads to even more brokenness, or our own brokenness, and, and it's important to remember that, that, that we live in a, a, a world that just isn't perfect, and, and that is our reality. In, in this brokenness of this world, with, our, with free will, with people, all that kind of stuff, we will encounter things that are broken and experience broken things. We will encounter uh, uh, um, storms. So, uh, it, people use this analogy, especially throughout this past season, that we're, we're all in this storm together. And the reality is, while we're all in storms together, we all navigate storms differently. But what doesn't change is we are living in this broken world. 
And, and that's what Paul's highlighting. Even creation, you know, it didn't do anything. We made that choice, yet it is broken and longs to be restored. Now let's continue reading on in verse 23. And we believers also groan, even though we have, oh, it's so small, we have the Holy Spirit within us as a foretaste of future glory. For we long for our bodies to be released from sin and suffering. We too wait with eager hope for the day when God will give us our full rights as his adopted children, including the new bodies he promised us. We were given this hope when we were saved. If we already have something, we don't need to hope for it. But if we look forward to something we don't yet have, we must wait patient and confidently. So here is uh, where we stand now. This is our footing in the midst of life's storm. That we have this future hope, this future glory, and no storm, no life, no brokenness can take that away. And I call it this, this sure footing because I, I want to stay with the boat analogy. We, again, I, I use a reference that we're all kind of experience storms in life. And, and even though we kind of all experience storms, we kind of experience differently. And, and having that footing uh, 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 really matters when we're on a boat. So let me give you an example, right? So uh, um, I am not really a boater. I, I moved here from the city. I am uh, still a foreigner in this God-promised land. But uh, um, I have the privilege of having people who, who own boats and being able to go on boats, especially sailboats. And what's really funny, because I will stand there and I will, be, be, I will be battered left and right and stumbling. And, and, and the very person I'm with, like James, who's taken me on a sailboat before, or Roland, they're just standing like it's fine, right? And, and the difference is their footing is sure, right? And so we have this sure footing in the midst of the storm that we have this hope, this future glory. And again, nothing, no amount of life here can take that away. And if we look at verse 23, uh, uh, um, the New Living uses the word foretaste. So God's spirit gives us a foretaste of heaven. Uh, um, in other translations, you will see things like instead of foretaste, you'll see the word redemption or deliverance. And it's just the Greek word, and it, it, the, the word actually means relief. And if we want an understanding of the word, it's the <sighs> have you ever, <sighs> you know, like when it's been really, really hot, and then you walk into a mall that's got air conditioning, and you're like, <sighs> or your house. <sighs> so we have this <sighs> moment in the course of of life. And without getting like too theological, if we can think of like we have life here on earth, brokenness, and then we have heaven, and it lives kind of on this different plane. And while heaven is separated from this brokenness because of Jesus Christ, we have those moments where heaven and earth meet, and we have those moments in the middle of chaos. Um, when we were married, uh, our anniversary, we went to Florida. We got uh, our. our um, Katie's aunt, honeymoon, sorry, what did I call it? Anniversary. Anniversary, yeah, honeymoon. We went to Florida, and we stayed in this timeshare, and we have lots of stories there, but the key story of this one is um, Orlando got hit with its first hurricane in like 25 years. They had uh, um, um, uh, evacuated people out of Tampa, and the, the town was full, and next thing you know, the hurricane's like, hey, I'm coming for you. And so we got to experience this thing that was so surreal. I've heard of the calm before the storm, but we were sitting on our deck, and it was literally eerie. They're like, There was not a sound. 
Not a sound, not even like a blade of grass moving. There was no air. Oh, there's air. There was no wind. We were breathing. We're fine. There was no wind. And in the distance, we can see the storm coming. And, and, and that's cool. But this, this moment of, now picture this. This is what we have in Jesus Christ. In the midst of storm, we have the a foretaste of heaven. Last week, uh, I talked a little bit about it when we were praying for Ashlyn, uh, Ashlyn, Ashley and Dustin. That, that even though uh, um, the diagnosis is cancer, we pray, we believe, because we also have this glimpse of heaven. And we know there is no sickness in heaven. So we pray things like on earth as it is in heaven, this moment where, where heaven can invade earth and we can experience the wholeness. We can experience the <sighs> in the midst of the storm. Does that kind of make sense? It's, it's, it's referred to as the now, but not yet. Because heaven is made available now. We've been given a foretaste of heaven now through God's spirit in us. Yet, it's also not yet. And so we live in this tension where we pray and we stand, for, stand on this footing that even though life is broken, and it could be broken because of, even of our own circumstances or our own causes, but we know that, that we have this moment because this is the assurance we have. That God has made heaven available later and also now. The now and the not yet. Does that kind of make sense? Kind of. And so the wording here is we patiently and confidently wait. The patience is heaven is our future. And the confidence is we also have it now. Does that kind of make sense? I keep saying that because it's, it's like a concept. But it's an incredibly practical concept. This is the footing and the foundation that we pray from. It's the footing and the foundation that we live from, that we stand on, that we endure the storms of life. And so now as we continue reading, we're kind of getting this little peek behind the curtain, starting in verse 26. And the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. For example, we don't know what God wants us to pray for, but the Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings that cannot be expressed in words. And the Father who knows all hearts knows what the Spirit is saying. For the Spirit pleads for us believers in harmony with God's own will. Let's pause there. So uh, um, there's sections of scripture like 1 Corinthians that shows us that, that uh, how uh, the Holy Spirit actually is there to, to edify our bodies. Things like speaking in the heavenly language and, and the working and the fruits of the Holy Spirit in, in Galatians. They all kind of work for us. In fact, when, when Jesus is talking about the Holy Spirit in the Gospels, he actually calls him our advocate. He is for us. And, and this is what's going on. The Holy Spirit is working and building us up. When we feel weak, when we feel like we're doing the storm, and is anyone listening? We are not alone. Even though it feels like uh, um, we can't see the forest from the trees because what we're dealing with is right there, we can have this confidence that even though we don't know, the Holy Spirit does know, and we have an advocate, God's Spirit in us, who is praying and interceding and working even when we don't understand. We have this advantage. We are not alone. Um, a couple examples of that. Have you ever experienced the frustration of trying to like, get something done and, or, or like calling a company and you're calling, you're calling and you're like, I just need some help and no one's helping. Then all of a sudden you meet someone who knows someone and you, and you express the problem, especially in a town like Powell River. It's more about who you know than what you know. Then all of a sudden you're like, oh, I know a guy. And next thing you know, oh, 
I have a, a, it's a, it's a long story, and I'm not going to tell all the story, but I'll give you a little glimpse, and you can ask me later because it's, it's fun. But um, uh, when I was in my, my, young, my, my 20s, uh, I was going to school, working two jobs, and I wasn't sleeping, and I got into about four car accidents in a span of two years. Uh, one of those car accidents happened the day before I had to renew my insurance. And so I went to the insurance agency and said, hey, I wrecked my car, uh, um, but like ICPC hasn't dealt with it yet, but my insurance is due. What do I do? And the insurance person who I figured out was wrong just said, oh, just renew your insurance. It's fine. It wasn't fine. And, and uh, I was in a lot of trouble. And uh, here we are, like two years later, I got this $15,000 bill. I'm like, oh my goodness, I don't have that. And uh, we're talking to a notary, not even a lawyer. I don't even know why. Anyways, we're talking to this person. The person's like, wait a minute, I'm going to make a phone call. And he makes a phone call to someone in ICBC. And I'm like, okay. He says, you have an appointment with so-and-so. And so I drove over to ICBC's head office, and I walked to the front desk, and I said, I have an appointment with this person. They're like, uh, this person doesn't take appointments. I'm like, well, that's what I was told. She calls up. She's like, yeah, he knows you by name. I went in, and he forgave that debt. And I have no idea how or why, but all of a sudden, when you have someone who's advocating for you, it's pretty good, right? You don't ask questions, you just put your head down, okay, right? (laughs) Okay, we have this advocate that is the Holy Spirit, it's God's presence in us, that even when we don't understand or don't know, we are not alone. He is calling ahead. He is advocating. And he's praying in a position that's in line with God's will and God's desire. And, and uh, 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 without having to explain it all, this is God's will for us. That we would walk in his favor and his goodness. God's will for us in general is good. Right? He, he is for us. And the Holy Spirit prays in line with that. And so whenever we're dealing with the storm, that's where we start. That's a pretty good start. Right? So that's, that's happening behind the scenes. Then it continues. In verse 28. And we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. Again, let's pause there. So in the the New Living Translation, it says causes everything to work together or God works all things together. However it is written in your Bible, that one sentence is actually one Greek word and it's a fun word. It's synergio. And if its word sounds familiar, it's because we get the, the root, or the English word, am I speaking English? The root of our English word, synergy, from it. Synergial, synergy. And it's this, this perfect description of what's going on. And so if we can take a quick look, kind of behind the curtains, what, what Paul is saying here is, first we have kind of God who sits in this realm of heaven, right? Like we talk about heaven, earth. God who's here, and he's interacting with earth, and he's made a way, and this connection. And then we have Jesus who sets us free through, through salvation, and, and his dying, and, and, and resurrection, and he makes this connection. And then we have the Holy Spirit who's advocating for us, praying for us, all working in the synergy. And last week, we looked at Romans 7. We talked about our mindset and and, and how there's no longer condemnation. So kind of in partnership with our mindset and us working and God, the Holy Spirit and Jesus all coming together, there is this synergy that is working for our good. 
Okay, this, this, this machine, this behind the scenes. If we look at it again, we're just watching the movie Frozen. But behind the scenes, there is like 500 directors and orchestras and this and that. All the stuff is happening. And all we're seeing is this finished product. This morning in your life, behind the scenes, in partnership with us, is the triune God working for our good. That's like, okay, that's pretty good, right? That's... God, who made all of creation, whose will and desire and, and plan for us is that we would thrive in everything that we're doing in the midst of our storm, whether it be just life or of our own doing, is causing all things to work together for our good. Uh, I'm a musician. I love music. And... and uh, I don't know if has anyone been to uh, an orchestra or has seen an orchestra play. Uh, we again, we just see the finished product. But if you ever had a chance to see a conductor's score, it is an absolute mess. Like it's just pure chaos, and it's hilarious because the stereotypical uh, uh, conductor looks like he's a mess. You ever see that? The hair everywhere, and they're right. It's because man, that paper makes you angry. There's parts everywhere. <laughs> Right? And, 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 you know, a piano has both parts. It has the treble and the bass clef, and it sounds good, but instruments are, are individual clefs, and you have a tuba, and it's the bass clef. And there's a reason why we never hear a tuba solo, right? Because it's kind of weird, right? And then you have the oboe, and then you have the string section. And then within the string sections, you have the alto, and the middle parts, and the low parts, and all these individual parts. And individually, they sound, eh, kind of. Some instruments are better than others. But then all of a sudden, when they're masterfully played together, something happens that the sound is entirely different together than it is apart. So that, that's kind of the symphony. And that's the synergy that is taking place in our lives every day, every moment. And maybe we're sitting outside of this, and all we hear is the tuba part, thinking, what is this? <laughs> God, are you even real? And it is only part of the bigger picture of a God who is working for us. <laughs> Isn't that a beautiful picture? It starts with Jesus. It starts with salvation. Then we believe it, and we take hold of it, and we partner with it. Holy Spirit, alive and active in our life being filled with the Spirit. He's producing fruit in us. As we're praying, all these different parts of the orchestra of our life are coming together, making a way when we feel there is no way. How I like to picture it, this is the brain of Sam. This is a scary moment, guys. <laughs> I'm going to let you in our brain, okay? And so uh, um, I, I actually wrote this down somewhere randomly because I was going through something about, about eight, eight years ago, nine years ago, some time ago, uh, I was pretty close to burnout, and uh, I was talking to a counselor, and I was writing things down, and even talking to a counselor was an incredibly humbling moment for me, because I am pastor and holy, and I'm talking to a counselor, and I'm broken, and all the emotions were happening, and anyways, and so this is the picture I had, I, I pictured this, this struggle in life, and the picture I had was actually uh, wrestling, and I don't know why, I'm not even a wrestler, but whatever, this is, that's the picture I had, and, and I see the, the Holy Spirit, Jesus, and, and God, they're mobilizing together, and I love superhero stuff, and so they're literally wearing uh, um, logos, and I, I see them mobilize, you know, Paw Patrol, and anyways, uh, um, they're coming together, and, and this moment 
where, where I join in on what's already going on. And, and that's the, the picture. And I wrote it down. It, it hit me just this last week that I join in because how often do we literally feel alone in what we're going through? We walk in this feeling like I am the only one here. God, where are you in this? God, what are you doing? But the reality is we, when we pray, are joining in on what is already taking place. That's <laughs> just so we are joining in on the Godhead working for us. Yeah. And as I take hold of that, I know who I am. I am loved by God. I am a son. I have been adopted. I've been given my inheritance, which is heaven, here now. That is my footing. I can pray with confidence that God is working for my good. He is with me. And there's this, all this. And I stand in this position. And I become stronger. I use the picture of being on a boat. One of the reasons that it looks like I'm about to fall off the boat and James can walk across the boat skipping, it's because he has experienced being on the boat. He has gone through the storms on the boat. And while I'm going through my first one, James has been through his 25th one, right? And, and, and we walk through it differently. And every time we walk through life, and every time we take hold and, and partner with what the triune God is doing in our lives, we become stronger. And every storm becomes a little easier. We stand a little more sure. And we continue to grow a little more. Okay. Just a fun picture. When we pray, we are not alone. I am not alone. Anyways. <laughs> We're not alone. Let's continue. Verse 31. What shall we say about such wonderful things as these? If God is for us, who can be against us? Let's pause there. If God is for us, who can be against us? Are we getting the weight of that statement now? If the machine that is the Godhead is for us, not bad. Who can stand against us? It's funny because in that statement, there's a very, very confident statement. But... There's also this question, is God for me? If God is for, is God for me? I think that's one of the key areas of doubt that I think we struggle with when we forget about what's going on behind the scenes. And sometimes we're in the storms because of our own doing. And, and we know that. We know it's our own. And, and sometimes we even ask the question, uh, um, do I even deserve a way out. I actually deserve this brokenness. This is my penance. This is my cross. Make it as holy as we want to make it. It's still not true. Yet, this is the doubt that we kind of walk in. But it continues. Verse 35. Can anything ever separate us from Christ's love? Does it mean he no longer loves us if we have trouble or calamity or are persecuted, hungry, destitute, in danger, threatened with death? As scripture says, for your sake, we are killed every day. We are being slaughtered like sheep. No, despite all these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ Jesus who loved us. And I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love. 
neither death nor life, angels or demons, fears for today nor our worries about tomorrow, not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or on the earth below, indeed nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord. So, is God for us? Yes. Do we deserve separation? No. Why? Because nothing can separate us from God's love. Nothing. But I can't, Sam. Really? <laughs> nothing. Angels nor demons. Those are two like big things, right? I was walking with my daughter the other day, and she made a statement that is so true. When you start reading the Old Testament, angels are terrifying. <laughs> they are. <laughs> got eyes and wings. You're like, what? If they can't separate us from God's love, we can? No. So this morning, nothing separates us from God's love. No amount of storm or life or brokenness will ever equal God abandoning us. He just doesn't. That's what it says here. Does God abandon me in calamity and all the different? No, he doesn't. An overwhelming victory is ours. One of my favorite phrases in the Bible is death, where is your sting? Because it doesn't exist for anyone who believes. Because we have this future hope, future glory, and we have this hope and this glory now. Acknowledge God is there. Believe it. Partner with it. Overcome. That's the formula. In everything, practically, begin to visualize it in our finances, in our marriage, in our work, with the people that we're dealing with. God is there. They are working for us. We believe it. We take hold of it. We partner with what God is already doing. And we overcome. Let's pray. This morning, again, like I said, it all begins with Jesus. And Katie gave this, this moment, and I want to give it again. If you're here or if you're watching this morning and you've never made a decision to believe in Jesus, that is all that is required. You don't even need to buy a membership. It's not Costco. It's literally just belief. Then all of this that we're talking about is made available to you. And so I want to pray for you, and I'm going to invite everyone to pray too so that no one feels left out. Uh, secondly, Maybe we are believers, but we've been stuck in this doubt that, you know, is God for me? I'm alone in all of this. Or I deserve this. All those things are lies, and I want to release God's love, his favor, his, that, that we would grow in the knowledge of who God is for us, who God is, and that he is for us. Third of all, maybe you're listening to this, and you're like, yeah, you're already there. Well, more. I love the, my, one of my favorite prayers of Paul is that we grow in the knowledge of God's love. And, and that means that we continue to need to grow in it. Just when we think we get it, it goes even deeper. Oh, it's so good. Right? So let's pray together. Well, Father, first of all, uh, um, for everyone who doesn't believe, I encourage you to pray this with me. Jesus, I believe in you. And I invite your spirit in my life. That's it. You're in. Welcome. Oh, Father, I pray for us that, that you would give us eyes to see behind the curtain. That you would give us this personal revelation that, that we are partnering with you in this life.
that we are not navigating things alone. Holy Spirit, I thank you that you are interceding for us, that you are building us up, that we are not alone, that we're not praying from a position of weakness, but we're actually just partnering with you, the perfect advocate for us. Thank you, Holy Spirit. God, I, I pray that you would continue to reveal to us just that you are, that it would be just a, a thing that goes from our brain and it goes right into our hearts, that God, you are always working all things for our good. I thank you that God, you love us. And I pray where there is any doubt of that, that you would overcome that doubt with an incredible sense of your love, your calling, your compassion, your acceptance. Thank you, God. And for the rest of us who maybe just are already there, I pray, God, for more, that we would continue to grow in our understanding of you, grow in the knowledge of your love, your kindness, your goodness, that we would even grow in the knowledge of who we are, just that our identity would be continued to be kind of regirded and reaffirmed. Father, I pray for that, that footing of hope that we have, that it become even stronger, and that we would go with even more confidence. And this morning, I declare that we will walk in victory, that we overcome. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. This morning, I love to pray for you. There's people who love to pray. We will be here available to pray. If you need to go this morning, go in the knowledge of a God who is working with you and for you. Partner with that. Enter into that.